everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Engage to Flourish podcast. I'm your host, Damon, and I have my co-host posse here, Kyle and Brett, and we would like to welcome to the show for the very first time a very special guest, someone that we've been wanting to have on for a while. Welcome to the show, Pen Yamachika. Welcome, Pen. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> so we're continuing our Created and Called series, uh, and this week's topic is marriage and sexuality, and you know, prior to Sunday morning service, I kind of knew that Pastor Barry was going to be talking about marriage. And I see this person walking down the aisle and just, I felt like there was a highlight above her and, and it was Penn. So I walked up to her and I said, Hey Penn, would you be interested in coming on the show? And this is even before Pastor Barry's message. And she said, okay, I, I'm, I'll think about it. And we said, Hey, you know, just see if there's anything that gets highlighted during the sermon that you might co- want to come on the, the show and talk about. And so right after the, the message comes comes out and he's done, she runs to the back and, and gets us and says, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in for this week. So we're really excited to have you, Penn, and we're going to be talking about marriage today. So one of the things that kind of you had mentioned uh, when you ran up to the back that was highlighted to you was about how our relationship with the Lord and our relationship with our spouse, there should be a mirror in that relationship. So can you share a little bit about what was highlighted to you in the sermon this week? So um, we covered this when um, we were in our small group. And so um, one of the things that we were talking about is that how do you um, feel towards the Lord and kind of relationship that you might have. Mm -hmm. And so um, we all took turns and we talked about it. And so it came to me and I said, well, I try to think about um, the most loving relationship that I have right now, and that would be my relationship with Craig. And um, to me, that's uh, the closest um, loving, kind of intimate, trusting relationship that I have. And I kind of mirror that with what it it should be, if not more, with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because, you know... um, uh, I, I live with Craig, and we are always together, like, every day. And so, to me, um, having such a close relationship, you need to be talking with each other every day, interacting, and kind of paying attention to each other. And so, I thought to myself, what would it be like if the Lord lived with me, in me, and I don't even, like, say hello or acknowledge him and his presence And so I thought to myself, if I'm going to be in a relationship with the Lord, it has to be something as frequent and as interactive and as daily as as you would with your spouse. I'm going to be taking notes because I am the the um, least experienced when it comes to marriage, although I do have two years under my belt now. But um, my first my first (laughs) note I'm writing down is um, Brett's not a rookie anymore. Yeah, I. Hopefully, I don't have a sophomore slump. <laughs> but I'm writing down in my notes, my relationship with Craig should be the same. As my re- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I really like what, she's, what she said, though. And um, I don't think, not to kind of cut out any singles, but that, that picture you don't fully understand in a marriage setting, obviously, until you're married. And seeing that, marriage is representative of, of Christ in the church. It really paints that picture of, are you, are you spending that time 
Are you choosing that person? Are you choosing God? Are you um, willing to kind of do all the things that you know in your head? And now are you willing to actually do that when it comes to that relationship? Yeah, when you were, th- you were saying that, I just, the, that diagram, I think it's from Kylo, Keeping Your Love On, that the for relationships, it's like who's in the center. The who's boundaries my, one? Ba- yeah, the boundaries one. I was like, yeah, God's supposed to be the very center, right? And then our spouse and then our family and then work. I don't remember Friends all and the, then acquaintances. Yeah, something like that, yeah. But then I was I was thinking too, like in marriage, so when you actually brought up the singles thing, it's like, well, singles, they don't have as much struggle of putting their, they don't have a, like a close intimate relationship like we do when we live with somebody where that person can actually um, replace God in the center. Mm. Sometimes like it, it, it can seem good, like when we're married, that we want to put our spouse super high and pour into them, and it's all good. But then when that actually takes the place of God, that's that can actually be a detriment. Whereas singles don't have that that aspect. I think kind of what Pastor Barry talked about too, like they don't have that divided attention and being pulled in different directions. But I was just thinking, like, yeah, I used to think, or maybe just not if I thought this, but I just had the impression that doing doing everything for your spouse was good, mm. even at the sacrifice of your own relationship with God. But then it's you have to see that in the balance where it's, it's supposed to be a representation of your relationship with God and it's mm. supposed to magnify that. And like, if you get that inverted, then actually that can really hurt your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know how like when um, couples... Couples are at at home, and you know, you just go, "Hey, Craig, I love you," <laughs> and then he, <laughs> yeah, I love you too. And so I'm thinking to myself, how come I don't say that to the Lord? And mm-hmm. so I started like being more conscious, like when um, I'm listening to like um, Christian music and and to messages that I always just like acknowledge the Lord, you know the 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 John in me comes out when I'm a disciple. <laughs> and I said, I love you, Lord. I love you. Mm-hmm. I love you. And so sometimes I'm professing that and Craig's passing by and he goes, yeah, I love you too. I'm like, it's not for you. <laughs> 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 I'm like, Whatever. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> but I didn't want him to think I'm crazy. I'm talking to myself. So I'm like, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, I love you too. <laughs> But you know, uh, if you keep professing that, and and, and it's a, supposed to be a two way relationship. I remember one time I was, um, I was just like um, praying and trying to listen to God, and and He was saying to me, "Now say it to yourself, like I'm saying it to you." Because then it was always one way, right? Mm-hmm. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And then it's it's better if you know <coughs> that He loves you too. Mm-hmm. So uh, I said, "Yeah, yeah." I love you. I said it to myself, <laughs> like as if the Lord was saying it to me, mm-hmm. and and so I I think that um, you know people should think about conversing with the Lord and, uh, on an everyday day to day basis. You know, uh, like He's with you all the time, and um, I don't know if people are going to think. Why is she muttering to herself? <laughs> is she crazy? 
<laughs> but I, I feel like if I say it out loud, it's as if mm-hmm. I'm talking with him, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. I don't know how other people do it. How, how do you guys get close to the Lord? Yeah, I think that, that kind of plays into, like, personalities and just different things. Like, I'm a thinker, so I a lot of times it's through my thoughts. Like, I get blown away. So this morning I was reading something, and it just something just struck me way different about God's love, it was that, you know, he He paid a price for us with his son's blood before we chose him and regardless if of if we were going to choose him. So no matter what, like, that's how much he loved us. And when I read it this morning, I, just the way it was written, I was like, oh, my gosh. And then, oh, uh, then to tie in with that, it was, it was uh, the passage in John, or actually it's in multiple Gospels, but when Jesus gets baptized and then he says, this is my son with whom I'm pleased. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting that the guy pointed out that that was before Jesus ministry started. Mm-hmm. So he had God's full approval and love regardless of performance. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter what he did. Like he already had that. So then when Jesus went, went and did his ministry, it wasn't to earn love or to like, you know, meet a certain standard it was just he was doing it out of his the overflow of god's love i thought in you know in our society and and i know for for me in marriage too sometimes it it can be tied with performance like Mm -hmm. your your love is tied with what what do you do what have you done for me and like to try to to try to bring that love of god regardless of performance i love you no matter what and i've loved you even if you choose not to love me and you try and take that to your marriage it's like oh yeah that's that's awesome, but that's hard too. So, I, I, what do you guys, what do you guys think about that? I mean, I think that's why marriage is a, a great picture for this relationship that we, the Lord wants to have with us, because it's not just a a performance thing; it's a relationship, right? And it it's kind of like you were saying earlier, Penn. It's a two way communication. It's not just me telling God what I want and hoping that He gets it, he or He gives it to me. It's not just me working hard and striving just to do things for him. But it's this loving relationship that's, you know, two way. It's not just one way. It's not just me doing stuff for him or, or things like that. But it's, that's the picture that he gives us that he wants us to have an experience with him. And I think that's why things like the family and marriages are so under attack in the world because the enemy doesn't want us to have a good picture of what marriage looks like because he doesn't want us to experience that because then we'll we'll say yes, Lord, we want that with you too, mm. and He wants to break that up too. So I think that it's so um, such a great picture for us, and that's why it's. I feel like the Lord wants us to strive for healthy, strong marriages, so that we can have that picture of what it looks like to have that relationship in a tangible way with Him too. Actually, um, something that Pastor Barry told me when I was thinking about proposing, when I he was asking me about relationships and um, I asked him like, how do you know when you're ready to get married? I I think that's a question that a lot of people ask, but he said, you know, you don't fully know there, there's an aspect where like they'll say you, you'll know when you know, but there's no like checkpoint, right? There's no uh, level that you reach where it's like, okay, you've made it. But then he did say, you know, marriage, a lot of it is, being willing to die to yourself and kind of that's all he left me with and i was like (laughs) okay (laughs) but 
you know, an example he gave me was like, it's as simple as, you know, your spouse asks you to do something and maybe you're watching TV or you're doing something and you don't really feel like doing it, right? And in that moment, dying to yourself is the things that you may want, the things that maybe you feel like you'd rather be doing, you you stop or you um, put it aside and you and you help or you or you give and you and you show love by um, doing that task for your spouse. And when I when I left that conversation, I was like, "All right, I guess I'm not ready to be married." <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> but but seeing that picture, right, and knowing what Jesus dying on the cross did for us, and that exemplifying, like, are you willing to? I don't want to say ignore yourself because that's not the right thing, but are there certain ways where for the relationship's sake, are you willing to put away your own selfish, independent, maybe ideas or things because now there's another person that, um, like you said, is part of that inner circle that you need to hold to high priority. And so um, it's been fun to learn that and and, and to grow in that. (laughs) But um, yeah, that, that picture is... Um, so powerful, and for me, I, I I think I need to reframe some of some of that picture for me too, in, in looking at my relationship with God and then my relationship with with Brittany. So um, I have some homework to do after this today. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting because when you're talking about that, it, it reminds me of the opposites attract, right? Because we're we're opposite in a lot of our, I'm opposite in my wife in almost every way. I don't know about are you guys all kind of opposite in certain ways? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think it, it draws out some of yeah. that opposition <laughs> too. But I think that's what that's when it's hard, right? Because then you're seeing their maybe area of need and it's like it's an area of strength for you and it could be just like, well, suck it up. Like, come on, do better. Or, or, it's, a, or it's a rub for you because it's an opposite and it's like, oh, it irritates me. I don't want to like compliment that or I don't want to or be the complimentary part of that and I'm hoping that you say it nicer than "Hey, suck it up, dear oh, wife." No, dude, that's that's why I bring it, man. Come on. Oh, I, I thought he was saying Mimo was telling him suck it up. No, no that's usually what it is. Like especially when I'm sick, she's, she, I'm not bad. I'm, a, I'm not a good patient. I'm crabby. She just told me that the other day, by the way. Um, but yeah, no, it's like when when we, so we did we did a marriage we did our uh, personality test with like premarital counseling thing. And then the person's like, well, you're opposite in everything. So you're probably going to have a lot of disagreements. And <laughs> sure enough, we did. <laughs> but, uh, but then it's funny because now that we've been, okay, so we're, we'll be married 24 years this summer. Um, and so after a number of years, it has, <laughs> <laughs> we have blended each other out a lot more, but mm-hmm. at first it was a lot of, do we want to do that? But that's that. That's kind of what you were talking about, Brett. It's the sacrificial, the servant attitude of Jesus. And it's like, <laughs> when you're by yourself, you don't have to worry about it. But when you're living with somebody day in, day out, that's where it really is put in your face. And it's like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to die to myself. <laughs> and there's nowhere to hide. <laughs> I know, exactly. Yeah, that kind of brings to mind a, a TV show that I used to watch, uh, Family Matters. There was an episode that I it's kind of burned in my mind. It was an episode where the the husband and wife were trying to do something nice for their uh, anniversary. And so they're trying to do something nice for each other, but they were coming up with totally different ideas. And so it started a fight and they're saying things like, Oh, you're stubborn or you're this or you're that. And then later at the kind of the resolution of the episode, they recognized that the things that they were complaining about were actually the things that first drew them to each other. So 
she was, you know, she was saying, oh, you're so stubborn. But at the end, she was like, yeah, your stubbornness is actually your strong will. You know, and mm. that was something that really drew me to you was that I knew that if you wanted to get something done or accomplished, that you'd be able to do it. And now I'm turning it around into something negative, right? And so how easy is it for us to do that, especially when we're living with someone so closely, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to say, this is something that uh, at once drew me to you, but now I'm turning it around because I'm seeing the negative side of that too. Yeah. So, um, so what I'm thinking about is if I knew what I know now, <laughs> when when I'm like um, uh, at red stage, when yeah. just um, getting together, I'm, we would have had like such a smoother road, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I don't, I don't beget that we went through what we went through, Greg mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. um, because we became better people, mm-hmm. you know, to each other mm-hmm. and to our kids. But um, it really, sometimes, you know, if you're stubborn, and let this be a warning for stubborn people. <laughs> <laughs> Take, <laughs> taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord is going to find a way to break you. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Was, that, was that you or was oh, that Craig? Oh, both. Oh, both. both. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm just checking. I want to make sure. <laughs> Broken pots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, because you, you have to, like you said, you have to die onto yourself mm-hmm. and kind of, Pick out what is really important. You know, when I look back and, and, and see after we have um, gone through all that we've gone through, those things were not important. What I realized mm-hmm. was not having Craig in my life would have been worse, mm-hmm. you know. And so um, those those things that irritate us, um, it doesn't even matter anymore because mm-hmm. then it kind of like humbles you to, to the point where that wasn't important, mm. you know. I could have not had you in my life. Mm. It, uh, it would have been uh, a type of a death, mm. you know, uh, of losing someone. Mm-hmm. And so to me, when I look back uh, at those things, it's, it was like not important. Yeah, and I think that's why um, the picture that Pastor Barry used in his message with the Plato mm-hmm. is so key to this whole thing, right? It's the times that we're coming together. It might seem like times that we're attacking or not getting along, but really it's times where we're, the Lord is joining us together mm-hmm. to that point where there's such a deep bond that if something were to, to break us apart, there is a death because it's so ingrained together that breaking it apart, you lose something. You it's lose traumatic. Something. Yeah. You know, it's like to, to try to separate things that are already blended, you know. Um, <clears throat> and so when you take inventory of, of things that you thought were important and you had to be right about this or you had to be um, um, up on an, on an advantage over your, um, over your spouse or your partner, it really didn't matter in the whole scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And so when you kind of parallel that with the Lord, you know, the Lord is so forgiving and gives such grace and always accepting. And so when you think about that and you kind of mirror that with your um, spouse, you want to be as um, as accepting and um, non-judgmental. What is that word? Kyle, that I'm thinking about, um, uh, where you're uh, accepted and you're 
unconditional. Mm, right? It's unconditional. And you know that um, you're going to be forgiven and that you're going to be loved. And, you know, he died for us while we were still sinners, mm. you know. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, just for those that maybe didn't see the message or only listened to it on podcast, for the, the Play-Doh thing is Pastor Barry had us take two different colors of Play-Doh and mold them together and squish them and mash them together. And then once you do that, he said, well, try to take the two colors apart and then you can't. And that's like what marriage is like. Once you join two to become one flesh, that that's why divorce is so painful and things like that. So that's kind of the, the analogy. I just wanted to make sure people got a picture of that. Yeah. And so I think too, with that, it's kind of our perspective, right? And so if we look at it as, you know, these times where we're wrestling with each other, we might be disagreeing, we might have different perspectives, but if we take a step back and we look at it as this is God actually putting two to become one, I think that might change how some people respond to those times, right? It's because I think sometimes it's just like, we're not getting along. We're, we're actually separating apart. You know, we're separating. We're moving farther away from each other. But what if we look at it as that's the time where God's actually putting us together? Yeah, and that, that kind of just reminds me of what we were talking about yesterday, Brett, where you were talking about choices, right? That we, we all have those kind of choices, especially in marriage. And so I thought maybe you could maybe talk about what you shared yesterday. Yeah. Um. I thought I probably just caught him off guard, so I'll I'll uh, talk just for a second to give him a chance to no. get, gather his thoughts. Well, I was actually going there, and then you said you kept raising your hand like you wanted something to say, and then I didn't know you were just going to kick it to Brett because that's what I was trying to. I was trying to get us to that point where we could kick it over to Brett, you were, but you were taking too long. Come on. Well, I think something that was actually highlighted to me before I, I dive into that was, um, just my thankfulness to you guys and a lot of people that I, I talked to beforehand that I even entered into the season of marriage um, because you don't know fully what it's like. As, as much as you can dream or, or plan or think, you don't know until you do it. Um, and everyone's situation is a little different, even if it's similar. And so I'm just very thankful for a lot of our church family and the people that I, I talked to and just the 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 marriage model representation that um, I've been able to witness, and I, and I especially want to thank my parents because I know that example is not set for everybody, and so I think being in this stage has just brought an uh, extra sense of gratitude for for you guys and for my parents of of setting that. And I'm not thankful for the the idea that it looks perfect because it was actually more helpful to realize that the marriage isn't perfect. Um, the realization that there's going to be arguments, there's going to be times where you deal with adversity, but your marriage is, is built more on, on how you deal with that and, and how God wants us to deal with it more importantly. And so, um, yeah, that was just highlighted to me in, in just wanting to honor and affirm, um, the marriages and, and the people that like kind of go before you and, and set that example and, even when it's not the prettiest or it's not a, a happy, uh, you know, a Disney happy ever after, um, there's there's a lot to learn from um, people that, that are further along than you. And so I'm very thankful. Um, but, but diving into the choice thing, I think it, my choices haven't been highlighted 
as much ever in my life <laughs> um, until I got married. And, um, you know, I, I think when we, when I think about the example of marriage supposed to be um, a reflection of, of Christ and the church, um, I, I know Penn alluded to it and I think it, it fits so well with your, your choices, right? Do we choose, am I choosing my spouse every day? Am I choosing um, to spend time with God every day? Am I, am I choosing to just how I respond and react to situations and people? Is that a, a reflection of how Christ responds to the church, right? And, and vice versa, like Jesus choosing to, to love us despite our shortcomings. Okay. Well then in my, in my relationship, am I choosing to do that same thing? Jesus, you know, responds in, in different ways with sometimes with listening, sometimes with being stern, with meeting them with grace, with meeting them with love. Am I doing that in the, in the same way that I'm doing with my spouse? And I know we, it, it's a very similar thing to, to what Penn brought up, but I think it's just that action of it, of actually doing it, uh, making that choice and doing it, um, is huge. And, and that could be a difficult part because that's where the dying to yourself oftentimes comes in is you actually have to do the dying to yourself. You can't just say, well, I know that that would be good to do, but <laughs> getting up off the couch and doing the dishes when you're in the middle of watching something can sometimes be a little bit more difficult than thinking about, yeah, I mean, if I do the dishes for her a couple of times, that, that'd be nice. But, um, yeah, I, I just have, I can just think of so many situations where I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm trying to be more intentional with, okay, God, how am I supposed to respond or react in this situation? And some of the times those choices don't feel the best or you're, you're not necessarily looking forward to do it. Um, and other times you're, you're, it, it almost comes natural. So Brittany, don't think I'm only talking about the times where <laughs> it's bad, but, but I, I, I think you're just more tested when it's difficult, right? When it's easy, you don't always think twice about it. And so, um, yeah, for anybody out there, it, it's choices are, are, are huge and, and have a lot of impact on also how everything plays out after that, right? You make, you make the choice to, to make the easy choice in the beginning, you may have to make a, even a harder choice later on. Or sometimes if you make the harder choice or you ch decide to do something early on, sometimes it works backwards and alleviates itself a little bit afterwards. But I don't have all the answers, and so that's just something that was highlighted to me. And um, I don't know, how do you guys feel about your choices? And you guys have a lot more experience when it comes to marriage with me, so I'm sure you've had to make more choices. But Well, when you were talking about that, kind of the verses that came to mind was the wide is the path that leads to destruction and narrow is, the, is, is the one that leads to life. Right. And so I do think that there are times where our choices really come into play is when it's something we don't want to do and we still have to choose to do it, you know, or when we're in a disagreement, we have to choose to die to ourselves in that moment. Or we have, to, that, that's really when our choices are bigger, right? It's not when, you know, we're choosing to do something we want to do. It's when we're choosing to do something that we don't want to do. And and so are we willing to be in that posture where we say, I'm willing to do this because of my love for you? And then also, are we are we living out of a place of, I have to do this so that they'll love me? Or are we doing it from the place of, no, I know they love me and I want to do this 
out of that. Mm. You know? I think that it's, um, especially when you first get married, it's kind of like a, a struggle, you know, um, struggle of the wills. Mm. Um, and it's kind of like uh, exemplified by the two Play-Dohs mm-hmm. clashing together. Mm. The orange wants to overpower the white, and then the white wants to lighten the orange, <laughs> you know. And um, and I, I think that um, especially when you're just getting to know each other, there is that clash because um, because you are getting together to be one. Then you struggle to not lose yourself. Mm-hmm. So there's that kind of... Um, um, tension and mm-hmm. and kind of uh, fight to to mm-hmm. say you haven't done enough for me mm-hmm. and what have you done for me lately you know and and they something in popular culture says it has to be 50 50 that is so wrong mm-hmm. you know because and i think you have to bring 80 <laughs> you know <laughs> and um to make it work because then you know you you have to really be sharing yourself Mm -hmm. and you know when you don't get that 50 50 you get disillusioned like you're cheating me Mm. you know you got to bring it and then you start judging and so um and that's where the choices come in to where um is that going to be the focus of your your marriage, your unity, mm. how you going to one-up each other. Scorecard. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And then it becomes very contentious, right? It's funny. When you said the 50-50, I said 100, not meaning 100-0, but really it's like 100-100, yeah. right? That's where we're supposed to mm-hmm. bring all of ourselves, but <clears throat> when we, it's just doesn't happen, right? So it becomes 80 or 70 or 50, but if the other person is still at 100 or 80 or 90 that but if you're both starting from oh I'm just going to bring half of it and then from there you go less it's like that's that's a setup for failure and I think that's what our society tries to do because that's yeah, it go ahead that depends on who you're listening to mm-hmm. mm. because um if you're listening to society and popular culture you can't be bulldozed. Like, mm. there's some messages that are given to women that mm. don't let the man bulldoze you and this and that. Mm. And um, that really hinders in, in the way that Ephesians, you know, um, speak about, the, you know, uh, the women submitting to their, their mm. to their husbands mm-hmm. because then, you know, in popular culture, it goes, oh, no, you're not, you know. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't, you know. Right. And, and so... Um, Actually, when you think about the submitting part, the men have the harder job. Mm. When Pastor O talked about it, man, you men have to cherish your wife and love her like Jesus loved the church. There's the pressure right there. I I, I agree. (laughs) I agree. You you have to, you know. Yeah. To me, that's the harder job. Right. I mean, to me, I just need to be... um, uh, willing to be cherished and loved and 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 propped up, mm. it's just like Jesus putting the lamb on his on his mm. shoulder. Mm-hmm. I don't have to kick him in the face. I just need. Why <laughs> 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 well, don't want to struggle and kick Jesus in the face? Just lay down. Right. <laughs> and kind of what you're alluding to is something that we've been talking about is 
God's created order mm-hmm. and that God has created an order in his creation and it's for good. It's for good. And so a lot of times some of those passages have been used in very negative or hurtful ways, mm-hmm. but the way that we want to look at it is is the way that you're looking at it, Penn, is that the way that God created this order for husbands and wives to live together is actually for good. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's supposed to be for our good. But the world has distorted it and made it mm-hmm. seem like it's actually bad or that God is holding out on women or God is making us do these things that we don't want to do. But really, God's created order was for our good and for our flourishing. And so looking at it, I think that's why Jesus and the church is such a powerful picture for us of what marriage can look like because Jesus gave his whole self for us, mm-hmm. right? He didn't hold back. He didn't say, I'll do everything except die on the cross, right? He said, I am willing to do whatever it takes for my bride, the church, even if it means my death. And it is a painful, shameful death too. It wasn't just like he, he fell asleep one day and then he didn't wake up the next day, right? It's like he was crucified in front of all the people on the hill so everyone could see this crucifixion, punishment, you know, and he was willing to do that for us. And I think that's that's a charge for the men, right? Are you willing to do that for someone? You know, for the single men that are looking for a spouse, are you willing to do that for someone? And kind of like Brett was saying earlier, if you're not, then maybe you're just not ready yet. Mm. And that's some of the self-evaluation that we need to be able to do. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm just going to read a talk. And, oh well. um, when you were talking, Penn, it, it reminded me even from our our talk last time and Pastor Barry's talk on gender, there's more to it than just um, this stuff just comes out, like the, you know, about submission and things like that. It's really in the spiritual realm. There's, you know, it's, I go back to the sexual revolution and then the women's liberation, women's lib. Those two things, they seemed good. They seemed freeing. They seemed whatever, um, empowering. Like what Damon was just talking about, the, the, the God's design and God's purpose, it just totally subverted it. So in, in the short run, it might have looked good. It might have felt good. It might have pleased um, us in different ways in our flesh. But then we now we kind of come up with the ramifications of living from not under that that design and that purpose, and then that leads to a, a bad way of looking at what marriage is supposed to be, what you know, sexuality, gender, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think it just highlighted to me how the, those two are tied together. So one other thing that we wanted to talk about, I know we're getting a little bit long on time, but one of the things that Pastor Barry had mentioned uh, as part of the closing of his sermon was he mentioned different stages of marriage. And I thought it would be cool for us to kind of wrap up our time by talking a little bit about some of those stages. So if you weren't in the message uh, this past Sunday, uh, the stages are attract, attack, adjust, accept, appreciate, and affirm. And so, you know, sometimes pastors will throw out things like that. I just wanted to throw it out to you guys. Like, do you agree with these stages? Do you think there's more? Do you think there's less? Do you feel like, oh, no, this is actually a pretty good evaluation of the stages of marriage? What do you guys think? I, it, it's interesting because I, I think when I naturally hear that, you try to place yourself like, okay, where am I? Right. And, I think the the thing for me is it kind of fluctuates and you kind of bounce back um, depending on, I think, kind of like what's going on 
I think a lot of outside circumstance tests your marriage, or at least in my experience, there's different things that have come in. And then it's like, okay, as a couple now, as one, how do you deal with it? And that's where a lot of the figuring out how to communicate, are you starting to attack each other or you, have you been able to adjust or, you know, are are you in different seasons? And so, um, I, I like a lot of the, the picture that those words represent in, in the different stages. I, I think, um, I'm just typically someone that doesn't like to be boxed into one thing or seen in, in one thing. And so, um, I think it, it gives good vocabulary though, to, to think about where you might be and to communicate through that and kind of get on the same page with, with your spouse. Yeah. I know, Penn, you, you mentioned, we kind of talked about this right before we started and you, you thought, I, I heard you talk a little bit about the attack phase. So yeah. yeah. You want to yeah. share a little bit about that? <laughs> um, yeah. So were you throwing food at Craig? Like Pastor Barry was throwing food at Dale. Oh no. <laughs> I like food. No, she, no, no, she was throwing. She was throwing real darts, real, real arrows. Yeah. So, so last night we went out to dinner with um, DM and and Todd, and we were talking about these uh, different stages. And so uh, we we were saying like, yeah, the first year is like you know beautiful, you know peaches and ice cream, and then the second year hit, and then that was the attack. And so um, I said. Oh, no, I think it was later than that. And then Craig looked at me and he goes, no, it was the second year. <laughs> <laughs> I was so oblivious because I was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I was the bully. So, <laughs> so you, you were not living under God's uh, design and purpose? No, okay. no, I, right. I wasn't a Jesus girl then. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, but I'm totally Jesus girl now. Right. So, uh, so I, I didn't even realize it, but uh, what I think, Craig was doing was that he was um, absorbing so much of it and he thought to himself this isn't really worth fighting over and so he would diffuse things um, quickly and just like you know um, throw it to the side or make it a Mm non-event non-issue but then me I get spoiled with that and so now I keep going mm. I keep going more <laughs> deeper more ramping yeah. up ramping up <laughs> so I'm like if you don't realize that you know um he sh- he should have pointed it out to me mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. and said you know pen this 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 but you know I was the moon and the earth to him mm-hmm. so <laughs> the moon and the sun to him so of yeah. course he's not gonna say anything to me but um yeah, um, what I wanted to say about this part, too, is that it depends on how you uh, feel about yourself or what you have mm-hmm. gone through in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for example, if you have been um, going through life with a lot of disappointment and a lot of hurts, um, you you might not be able to mesh with your partner because there's a lot of mistrust. Mm-hmm. And um, you're always mm-hmm. looking for the higher ground. Like, you don't want to be at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's hard to mesh the um, Play-Doh together if the other one is always holding back mm-hmm. because doesn't want to lose, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know why I brought that up, but oh, I, 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 I yeah. feel like um, uh, it, it depends on 
the partner that you have and what they've also gone through. Mm. So that's also a consideration to um, to take in and how fluid that marriage is going to be. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's just thought of our, our conversation yesterday again, too. That a lot of things are tying together. Um, Brett, Brett's teaching on vulnerability mm-hmm. in uh, middle school right now. Mm-hmm. If you're not vulnerable, mm-hmm. you can't ha- you can't have a deep enough relationship, and it goes the same way with God, right? Yeah. So the marriage really exemplifies that when when only mm-hmm. one or neither of them want to be vulnerable, then it's gonna, yeah, the 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 Play-Doh isn't gonna get meshed properly, and it's not gonna become one. And there's no trust, right? Right. Right. So one of the things that gets highlighted to me about these stages is <laughs> attack is number two. And then after that are some some things that sound really good, acceptance, appreciation, and affirmation. Those things sound really good. But I think one of the things that is highlighted to me in this whole process is I feel like the world wants us to get to this place where we stay in attack for a really long time and we don't move forward and then say, okay, we've been attacking each other for a long time. Let's give up. Mm. Let's give up, right? And so when I look at these stages, it really is actually hopeful. Mm-hmm. It's a hopeful thing because it's like after attack and there is a purpose for the attack. It's th- that's the meshing and molding together. Mm-hmm. But once you start moving forward with the adjust, accept, appreciate, affirm, it's like, these are good. These mm-hmm. are good. There's hope. There's hope that this is actually going to produce something else. Cause I think that's one thing that's highlighted is like, it doesn't go from attract to adjust like if you if you don't have the attack part, then what are you adjusting to, mm. right? And so it highlights some of those things to me is that oh, this is just part of the process of two becoming one, and it's actually going to lead to something good. And so it kind of brought to mind uh, this book, uh, "The Meaning of Marriage" by Tim Keller. Mm. One of the first things that he talks about in um, the book is that there was a survey that was done with these different couples. And it was kind of trying to see their level of happiness or satisfaction in their marriage. And for, you know, there was a certain, I don't remember what the percentages were, but there were a certain number of people that were unhappy. And then they went back and they surveyed them five years later. And the ones that stuck it out that didn't end their marriage, they actually became happy after a few years. Mm. It's just, they just needed to stick it out long enough that they could figure it out. And so it, it kind of brought to mind this um, process that Pastor Barry had laid out is like the, the world wants us to see broken marriages, broken families, but the Lord wants oneness, mm. oneness. And this is a part of that process of oneness is the joining together of two independent mm-hmm. colors of Play-Doh. And there's going to be times where there's disagreement and arguments and things like that. But that's part of the process to of two becoming one. And there's hope. Mm. There's hope. We just need to continue to choose each other each day, continue to see the hope and continue to move forward. And, and one of the things that um, uh, came to me is that if you are um, buying into popular culture and what um, the world is saying out there, that marriages are pretty disposable, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it didn't work out. I don't like you. Oh, let me try again. You know, mm-hmm. let me get some. It's like as disposable as a Kleenex. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think what the, the church is, is trying to impress on it is, is that when you become one together, you know, you have to 
work it out? Do you have to like grow together and, you know, make allowances for each other and love each other? You know, it's like a permanence. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to like uh, bring that out because then it, it came to me that it seems like in this world, you know, oh, you don't like it? Try again. Yeah. Go, go get another one, you know. Yeah, that's, that's, it's all, it's not just marriage. It's all part of our society, mm -hmm. especially relationships yeah. and things of meaning. Now, it's, it's actually flows over to consumerism. Everything's disposable too. And that just carries over to everything is kind of just almost meaningless in a sense. But um, for our listeners, I, I did want to encourage you to go to um, our Catalyst Stories and listen to Penn's testimony on there because she you went through a really hard time in your marriage and yeah. you guys were separated and it, things looked hopeless and things were were not good mm -hmm. and yet you had that commitment or there was a commitment on some level where and then god just intervened too and and like mm -hmm. steered you both to it, it didn't just happen overnight but mm -hmm. it, it it took effort and it took work and but you had like a, a, a commitment to it so mm -hmm. for our listeners i know pen you know, isn't able to share the depth of it right now. But if you listen to that and then if you, you know, I'm sure she's always approachable at church too. But, um, you know, you knowing where you've been and what you've come through mm -hmm. and hearing you share, I, I, I really sense the depth of appreciation for what you went through, mm -hmm. not wanting people to have to go through that, but knowing that sometimes that's what people need too, yeah. right? Because I, I think that if Craig and I didn't go through that, we wouldn't realize um, what the end result could be. Mm -hmm. We would still be in a in a forever kind of like um, flux and distressed, and it would never get to this point. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> we've come a long way on this topic of marriage, and I think... One of the things that just really gets highlighted to me is whatever season you're in, whether it's a season of singleness, whether it's a single or a season of marriage, if it's a tough season or if it's a great season, that there's hope. There's hope in our relationship with the Lord. If you're in a season of singleness, that there's hope that you have an opportunity now to experience something mm -hmm. that people that are mar married, they can't because their attention is divided. Right, and they're they can't give their whole self to the Lord right now because they have to give themselves to their their spouse. Mm. And so, if you're in a season of singleness, there's something that you get to experience that it's very difficult for someone that's married to be able to experience because of that. And I, and so, there's hope for you that your relationship with the Lord can be so robust and so healthy and so strong and so fulfilling in this season. So don't feel like you're missing out just because you're in a season of singleness. There's hope for you right now that you can have an awesome flourishing relationship with the Lord. And if you're in a season of marriage, no matter what season you're in, there's hope as well because of what Christ has done for us. He's shown us what it looks like to be willing to die and give his whole self for his bride, the church. And that's something that we have hope for that we can experience in our marriages as well. So, Penn, just want to say thank you for coming on. We really appreciated you and your insight and just sharing your uh, your journey with us uh, on marriage. And hopefully you'll come back one day soon. <laughs> We'd love you to have you fun. back. <laughs> so, so thanks again, Penn. Until next time, may you experience God's heart for you to flourish in every season.
Thanks for listening to the Engage to Flourish podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and encourage you to subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify so that you don't miss any new content. You can also check out our sister podcast, Catalyst Stories, available on multiple platforms as well. We would also love for you to check out our church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at Stanford Middle School in Long Beach.